0: How stressed are you these days? Well, (laughs) I can tell you I think a lot of us are very stressed. Today, we're going to let you know how to live without stress. Don't go anywhere as we delve into Enjoying the Journey here on Book Circle Online.
1: This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online.
0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Book Circle Online. We love being here with you, and we thank you for being with us. I'm your host, Katerina Kazayas, and today I am so excited because we're going to be talking about how the heck you live without stress. <laughs> That's right. We are joined by America's leading expert on stress management, Dr. Marv Marshall. Dr. Marv, welcome to the program.
1: It's my pleasure to be here, Katerina. Thank you so much for inviting me. You know,
0: It's 2017 and we are living in a world that is racing the thing i hear more and more from everyone is we have these devices in our hands that are supposed to help organize our lives lead us to destinations give us all of the technological advances and yet we are so stressed out so dr marv my first question is what is stress
1: Stress can be defined in a number of ways. Okay. So, for example, if somebody uh, cuts in front of you on the freeway, you can be stressed. We call it road rage. Right. (laughs) Because you have not controlled your impulses. Mm -hmm. If there's a tragedy in the family, that's distress or stress. Then you go a little further, and if there's a hurricane, it's distress. (laughs) But for generally, for the general public, we refer to the word as stress because that's Mm -hmm. the most common way to refer to it mm-hmm. and most people do not understand the connection between the mind and the body which we'll get into later on but since you brought up the idea about everyone is in such a hurry and we're so stressed out so to speak let me share with you a little story that perhaps you can put in perspective okay this has happened a few years ago many years ago even before we had telephone uh, answering devices. Okay. Gentleman was entertaining his friend and the phone rang. Mm-hmm. And it kept on ringing and it kept on ringing. And now, this, I'm friend, guessing this
0: is before call display and all of exactly, that, right? Okay. Right.
1: And his friend got a little irritated and said, Aren't you going to answer the phone? And the gentleman said, I bought this phone for my convenience and right now it's not convenient for me to answer it. Huh. He wanted to continue the conversation with the person. Well, the key, of course, is he made the decision. He did not let the phone control him. Mm-hmm. And this is a mindset that a lot of people don't realize. For example, I worked with the New York City Board of Education in Harlem for three years, and I would travel to New York on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I had a cousin who was a uh, an editor. <clears throat> he... Uh, handled the uh, automobile section in Forbes magazine, a okay. major magazine. And periodically I would have dinner with Jerry Flint, mm. and I ex- tried to explain to him something that, I, as intelligent as he was, I was not able to convince him. Okay, Here's what I presented to him. The phone rings, and there's a natural compulsion to, to answer it. The doorbell rings, there's a natural compulsion to see who's at the door. Now, there's no problem with answering the phone or or the door or stopping at a red light, which we do, Mm -hmm. until we extrapolate and we infer that the red light caused us to stop, the phone caused us to answer, Mm. the doorbell caused us to answer Mm. it. Mm. No one causes or makes you do anything. It's in our language. I had no choice. You always have a choice. Choice ends... When life ends, the <laughs> idea is to be cognizant and be aware that you are always making choices.
0: Well, and, and it's on that on that point, uh, the point of making a choice. You have chosen to specialize in stress management, and uh, and and write a number of books, and we'll we'll share some more books with the audience here shortly. What led you to want to explore this topic?
1: It probably came from. My background in education. Okay. And uh, when I came back into classroom teaching after 24 years, I was in all kinds of uh, positions. I taught very quickly. I taught primary, upper elementary, every grade seven through 12. I was okay. an elementary school principal, middle school principal, high school principal, district director of education. I was a, an assistant principal in charge of, of, of discipline of 3,200 kids. Okay. High school assistant principal in charge of curriculum and instruction i loved what i was doing and then one day the, um, county su- the uh county the apartment the superintendent of school said he introduced us to an, a, a financial advisor and he said you folks should be thinking about your future hmm. well i thought i knew something about hmm. business since i have a master's in business administration mm-hmm. i knew nothing about finance <laughs> i started to put the maximum amount of money away in tax shelter at, at the time And then I asked myself, what do I want to do for the next seven years Mm. before I retire? Okay. And I said, I get the most satisfaction of teaching kids. So Mm -hmm. I said to my superintendent, Jerry, I want to go back to the classroom next year. I was out of the classroom for 24 years. Huh. Had society changed? Had kids changed? I saw kids who were totally irresponsible. There were parents who were afraid of their own kids. Mm -hmm. There was graffiti around, and I Mm -hmm. asked myself, I really told myself, there's got to be some way that I can teach responsibility to this generation. Mm. So I looked at my teaching experiences with kids, Mm -hmm. my counseling experiences, my recreation experiences with kids, and my administrative experiences, and I came up with a program that's now used around the world. Now, how
0: long ago was this? So we have Uh, some idea of what generation?
1: This is 20 years ago.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And so... What I discovered was a thing called counter will. Counterwell. What counter-well is counter-will? Counterwill is the natural tendency to resist being forced. The you natural tendency, tendency to resist, resist coercion, being forced. Coercion okay. Or being Understood
0: forced. as human beings that That's we have right. this. You okay. will
1: seize it in the terrible twos, the mm. rebellious teens. And by the way, if I can mention if people want to know more about uh, counter will they can see one of my videos I have a, about a two-and-a-half or three-minute video okay. if you go to my website withoutstress.com mm-hmm. and then click on the videos you'll see one that says counter will okay speaking about that how, now how, is it
0: counter will or counter, counter is
1: all one word counter yeah. will
0: w-i-l-l L-L. counter will counter and will. and and what does this video tell us
1: it tells us that when you try to coerce anyone mm-hmm they're going to resist it. They're going mm. to rebel against it. No one likes being forced. We love to tell people what to do, <laughs> but for example, do you like when someone, someone tells you you've gotta do something? No, of exactly. course not. Exactly.
0: Right, and so you, if you have, let's say, a toddler, uh, because stress, going back to stress for a moment, parenting, and I'm not a parent, but I, uh, I am ha- around a lot of parents a lot of the time, has to be one of the most stressful things to go through at times. How do you introduce, or I suppose it's a toddler that is showing you counter-will?
1: Well, let me give you an example.
0: Yeah.
1: You catch it at the very beginning. Okay. Uh, the uh, youngster, the infant, is sucking on, a, on his bottle okay. and throws it on the floor oh. and likes the sound <laughs> okay? and does it a few times. Okay. Well, my whole approach is to be proactive. Okay. Instead of waiting till somebody does something and then mm. you react. Okay. What can you do to be proactive? Well, what you do is you stand by the kid when the kid is finished with the bottle. You take it from him. Right. Right? right? Okay. So you're always doing something which is proactive to prevent the youngster from doing something that you don't want him to do.
0: And by being proactive, you're, in an essence, reducing your own stress. Because Absolutely. the stress would come if the child kept dropping the bottle.
1: And you had to pick it up.
0: Interesting. Now, you talk in the book about um, brain body connections. Right. Explain that a little bit.
1: It started in around, the sixth, around 1647 when a fellow by the name of René Descartes mm-hmm. coined the words, that has been the foundation of Western civilization and Western medicine. I think, therefore, therefore I am. I am yes. Therefore, separating the mind from the body. Mm. We now know through all kinds of research that the mind cannot be separated from the body. Mm. Let me give you an example. And I... The epilogue in my book, Live Without Stress, and when people buy the book, I suggest they go right to the epilogue because it describes how this operates. We get things from our external approaches, basically our senses. So, for example, uh, you hear something. Somebody compliments you. It almost automatically gives you a, a, a nice feeling. If somebody criticizes you... Gives you a negative feeling. But the point is, it's all you did is you heard words, okay? Mm. And it affected your emotions. You will be watching a movie, and depending upon what you see, it will prompt an emotion, sadness or fear or excitement.
0: And that is my choice to react,
1: correct? Mm, Yes, after you understand the foundation. Mm. So the same thing happens with if you're a coffee drinker. Okay. And you smell coffee first thing in the morning, it puts you in a good mood. Okay, sure. if you touch something hot, right. okay, you, you, you've learned something. If you taste something, you, it automatically gets a nice feeling, assuming you like it. If you don't like what you're tasting, right. it gives a negative feeling. So we get our connections through our external our, or our, uh, our, our senses okay. and what we think. Hmm. So both of these affect your emotions. Now, how do you stop a negative emotion?
0: How do you stop a negative emotion? That's a good question.
1: (laughs) You should never tell someone you shouldn't feel that way. People cannot stop an emotion. Okay. The only way you can stop an emotion Mm -hmm. is to redirect your thinking. Mm. And the reason for this is that emotion always, without exception, stops the feeling that, let me try mm-hmm. to explain this a little bit further mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by way of an example yes. when I was an, ele- an elementary school principal for seven years one day the uh, kindergarten teacher called the office she had a youngster who uh, was crying and she couldn't stop his crying I reached into my bag of checks pulled out a stethoscope a physician friend gave me hurried to the
2: <sighs> kindergarten to the room yeah. the kid
1: was still crying I put the end of the stethoscope on my ear I put the end of it on his chest in three different locations, mm-hmm. I proclaimed him healthy, and he immediately stopped crying.
2: Wow.
1: Now, what did I do? It's a fact of life. That's all I did. Is I redirected his thinking. Mm-hmm. So here's a, a something that anybody can use if they're really angry with, if somebody's really angry with them, could be a parent or whatever. You just have to ask: Are you angry at me or at the situation? Hmm. Now, what you've prompted the person to do is to stop and reflect. Hmm. Therefore, the person thinks, and the person will usually say, I guess I'm just frustrated and taking it out on you. Here's the key point to always remember. You cannot stop an emotion. The only way to stop it is to redirect it, and it will always come through cognition, what you say, what you hear, etc., That will change the emotion. I have a little trick that I play with myself. What do you do? Very quickly. Yes. Because I understand this, I'll be watching a a, a movie, and I'll say to myself, you know, I hear this music in the background which is setting the mood, and I realize this is just music. Mm. I see that this this scene is trying to have me have a certain emotion. That's all I'm doing is saying words. Mm. And just by being aware... Mm of this music and what I'm seeing, I can immediately cut the emotion.
0: And it's being aware, I think, is the key there, Dr. Marv, because I'm trying to become more aware uh, of my thoughts because I'm trying to reduce my stress. And uh, to your point, exactly that, I was having a conversation with my sister just the other day, and I was having one of those bad days. Uh, I'm usually a happy person, but, you know, we go through waves. Yes. And she phoned me right in the midst of my crazy... And had she done that a couple of years ago, I would have just started to vent on her, you know, and and what happens is that once you're down that path, Mm -hmm. the emotion is rolling, you gain that momentum, and you just continue to spiral. What I said to her was, I'm having a bit of a bad day, and she said, oh, tell me what's going on. And I said, you know what, I don't want to do that. I want to talk about something else, and I stopped it, redirected, we started chatting about a mutual friend, and literally within 10 minutes, I was feeling so much better, because I interrupted that thought process. I caught it. But that's that takes some time, and that takes um, some discipline. You were going through the levels of development with me before the show started, uh, which I found incredibly um, fascinating. And it's a play on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we were saying. Can you explain to the audience these levels of development? I know they can't see this little card, but we can A, B, C, D step it for right. them.
1: Okay, A, re- first I need to make it very clear mm-hmm. that we all go through these levels at all times.
0: Okay. Now, these are and emotional the levels.
1: Day. These are, okay. they're a they're combination of behavior and, and emotional. Okay. <clears throat> and I developed this to have my students at the time
2: mm-hmm.
1: understand that from my perspective, I can control them, but I couldn't change them. I wanted to change them. And the best way to change them is to have them want to do what I want them to do.
0: Without coercing them.
1: Exactly. Okay. All right. So I came up with this hierarchy. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Level A is at the bottom. It's anarchy. Anarchy refers to behavior. Mm -hmm. Okay. We cannot have a civilized society with anarchy. You can't have rules, for example, (laughs) if you have anarchy going up the ladder and it's a hierarchy Mm -hmm. and it's planned that way because there's something about a hierarchy that if you're at this level you want to get to the
2: Mm, it's human
1: nature I think to want to evolve
0: and uh, grow
1: so level B refers to bothering other people bossing other people Mm. bullying other people Mm. so by way of an example I'll ask a youngster who's misbehaving he said you really want me to boss you or are you mature enough to handle yourself responsibly Hmm. Gets them so, thinking, doesn't it? So level A and level B are behaviors. Okay. They're both unacceptable. Okay. Now we go up the ladder, we go to C, which is cooperation, mm. collaboration. Most of us live our lives on this level. Okay. To have a civil society, we need to cooperate. We collaborate with other people. Sure.
0: Collaboration and cooperation sometimes lead to conformity, though.
1: <clears throat> That's right. correct, uh, which is interesting because... That's what I bring across to kids. You'll uh, have a cartoon where you'll see a bunch of boys dressed the exact same way, and this is not a common for or against school uniforms. But the girls are all dressed in uniforms, and the boys saying, "Hi, huh, at our school we don't have to wear uniforms, but they're all dressed the ex- exact same way." Okay. Because the easiest way to be liked yes. is to be like other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Quick story. To, uh, to To understand mm-hmm. this, and I'll I'll go sure. I'll get back to yep. to the ABCDs, <clears throat> is uh, a kid smokes. Okay. Well, let me refer. Let me start over again. A group of kids smoke. This kid wants to be part of the group. Part of the group. Right. What's the easiest way to do to be like them? No one from the smoking group goes up to the other kid and say, "You want to be like us? Here's a cigarette. Smoke it." It doesn't work that way. Right. The kid starts to smoke to be liked by the group because the easiest way to be liked is it's to, to be do what others right. do, okay? Mm. Now, that's external motivation. Mm. He did it because he wants to be liked. Now a lot of schooling is is, is, uh, is this way also. We give uh, <clears throat> grades, for example. I'm not against all grades, but what I'm saying is you've got some kids who will work their butt off to get a good grade. That's in their quality world, to use Dr. William Glass's term, but you've got some kids who are not interested in -hmm. grades in school. Mm -hmm. And for teachers to assume that the grades are a motivating uh, approach for all kids, Mm -hmm. it's just not Mm -hmm. valid. At any rate, so C has got to do with doing things to get approval uh, because it's expected most now, of us, now, a
0: C level, I would assume, keeps us in a relatively positive state.
1: It does. And right? the trick is, it's not behavior, it's motivation. Mm-hmm. That's the key. A and B levels are behavior levels, both unacceptable. Mm-hmm. I don't spend any time describing them once I've exposed the kids to it because they're unacceptable. Okay. Now, above level C, of course, is D which stands for the concept of democracy. Okay. In a democracy, you don't depend on the government, basically. The, at least the philosophical framework is you must be responsible. Uh, and the citizens must be responsible. They've got to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, in this case, to get a good grade or to please the teacher or to please the parent. You do right because it's the right thing to do. Mm. Can I give you a quick example of how important this is?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: A woman called me... <coughs> Uh, maybe a year and a half or so ago, and said, "Marv, I I just had an experience. I've I got have to relate it to you. Mm-hmm. I came out from the market, and I got to my car, and I realized I had a lime, ten cents. I forgot to pay for. it. No way did I want to go back. But I knew <laughs> it was. And here's the key to D. Mm-hmm. It's the right thing to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So she went back to the nearest cashier. Gave the cashier a dime, explained that she had walked out inadvertently with the lemon. The cashier thanked her, and then she said, Marv, I cannot tell you how great I felt Mm. walking back to my car, doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. You will never get that pleasure, that self-satisfaction on level D, because level D basically aims at obedience. At level C. I'm sorry. Thank you. Level C. Now, here's the difference between C and D. The behavior is identical. The difference is in the motivation. So, for example, if you've ever been to a teenager's room, you know they're not the most organized. So the mother says, at least before you go to school, make your bed. The kid makes his bed. That's good. That's the expected thing to do. But if the kid knows the levels of development Mm. and makes the bed without the mother asking, the bed is made. The behavior is identical. There's trash on the floor. Mm -hmm. In this case, the teacher asks the kid to pick it up, and he does. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's expected. Mm -hmm. But if the kid sees the trash and takes the initiative Mm -hmm. to pick it up and toss it out, the behavior is identical. Right. The difference is in the motivation. Mm -hmm. And a new video that I just put out this morning has got to do with, and it sort of combines Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, Mm -hmm. self-actualization, with level D. Hmm.
0: Now do, Ken how do we teach our kids to want to uh, strive for level D on their own do do, we as a, do do we as a society instill that in our children during their twelve years at school? What is yes, your experience? It's very been?
1: simple My experience is i 'm proactive hmm. I teach them, so rather than as so many teachers do after a kid misbehaves in class, they react. I am. Proactive, I ask myself, what can I do to teach so that if it mm-hmm. does act in, a, on, in an inappropriate way, what can I do mm-hmm. to put myself in charge? Hence, I came up with the hierarchy of social development. And I'd like to make one other comment about that. Yes. We all go through these levels on, on a regular basis. So, for example, if you're angry, chances are you're rather narcissistic. You don't care about how the other person feels. Hmm. You're only interested in yourself. If you go over the level A, if you go over the speed limit, you've made your own rules of the road. Huh. Okay. If you do what is expected of you, mm-hmm. level C, that's the way most of our lives are, live our lives. But on occasion, you, even any adult will have the opportunity not to follow the herd mentality that you see so often on television, but to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. You become Mm -hmm. autonomous. Again, most of us live our lives on level C. Mm -hmm. But if you're mindful of the fact that when you're angry or you have poor impulse control, Mm -hmm. that you're acting on an unacceptable level, when you realize that, then you're going to undergo much less stress. Well, the question is, if we can turn that card over, mm-hmm. how do you do it? How do you do it? <laughs> <Very> <laughs> how do you? Simple. How do you,
0: Impulse management.
1: <laughs> you you think in terms of a red light. Okay. So you, I don't know if we can you, zoom in you, on this
0: card. Yeah. We might be able to here. We'll uh, we we'll let our production right. team take a minute and see if they can zoom in on this card. If they can't, what you're seeing, as Dr. Marv is explaining, is uh, is like a red light. Red, right. yellow, and right. green. So go on.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, all these are available. No, uh, if you go to withoutstress.com, everything is there. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> There's a lot of freebies on that site. Sure. At any rate, so the idea is the first thing you do is you take a deep gasp of breath.
0: Now, I'm just going to back up for a moment so that we're clear. This is now impulse management for any situation that you might yep. find yourself in? Exactly. Okay, so go on. <clears throat> so the first thing you do right. is take a breath.
1: Right. So <laughs> let's assume that you are on the freeway, and you have an interview, and you feel you're going to be late, okay? And your self-talk is, this traffic is making me so angry. Mm. The truth of the matter is that the traffic does not care. (laughs) You are allowing yourself to be angry. You are becoming emotionally hijacked. So what you do, you figure you see a red light, and you stop. And here's the procedure. You take a deep gasp of breath. (gasps) Now, you cannot gasp with a closed mouth. It's okay. physically impossible. You can yawn with right. a closed mouth, but you can't gasp. Okay. When you, after you gasp, then you what happens is there are nerves at the base of your jawbone called the trigeminal nerves. And these nerves are the gateway to sending the stress throughout your entire body. Just by wow. taking a deep breath gasp of breath the trigeminal nerves are released oh, wow. then in the moment before the emotion kicks in and the yellow what are my options because you always have an option it may be momentarily but you have an option you can think of what am i going to do on my next vacation what am i going to do tomorrow night you, what you're doing basically is redirecting that impulse okay mm-hmm. so you've calmed down and then of course you go with your best decision well i think i'll turn on the radio Huh. So again, it's taking a gasp of breath, okay, and then thinking of your options, and then going green, going with your best choice. Now, it, let me mention one other thing. If you have a tendency to be angry on a regular basis,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and if you do this seven or eight times, you have this new procedure, you will make new neural connections in your brain, mm-hmm. and the amount of time, the number of times that you get frustrated of the impulse it's control to to will, will be minimized well. and the uh, the uh, force of the anger will also decrease because your brain has made new neural connection because mm-hmm. you have a procedure.
0: So uh, for example, I am uh, in a business meeting and you and I are disagreeing and I'm getting you know more and more frustrated. I should just, you know, before I, I, I physically decide mm-hmm. to punch you, you know, because sometimes things right. escalate, I just take a breath. All right. And you're right, that opens up, and then I just think of something quickly, right. something else. S- such as? This needs some practice, I think, Dr. Marv.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, lots of things do. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh, but the trick is to realize that you have a procedure. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And w- whereas in, in schools, for example, most teachers go on rules. Okay. Let me just mention just one counterproductive effect approach that that teachers across the country use. They base their classroom management, which really has got to do with procedures, but they 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 base it on rules. So what happens if a kid breaks a rule? If he does something that the teacher did not want? Mm-hmm. Well, the natural tendency is to enforce the rule without even realizing that the teacher has left her coat or jacket or dress from a facilitator of learning to a police officer wearing a blue button. She's now in an adversarial relationship with the kid. Totally unproductive. If teachers would look at their rules, they would realize they are either procedures in which they would they should teach, or they are expectations. And when teachers get the mindset of teaching a procedure, if a kid breaks a rule, mm-hmm. the natural mindset is to teach it. Mm. You don't enter into this adversarial confrontation which is right. happening in and, schools And across I was going to say, and then
0: it just gets the kids stressed out and boiled, and no one is practicing impulse management.
1: Exactly.
0: Wow. So a lot of what your experience had been through the years of your career led you really to want to document... And, and give people some steps and some tips and some tricks. Aside from impulse management, what else can people do to minimize stress? What are some techniques?
1: Well, the first thing you need to do is to have, again, a procedure. Okay. We like <laughs> procedures. Okay. And, for example, in the case where you were talking about this uh, uh, and you were having a disagreement, the first thing I would ask personally is, what can I ask that is going to diffuse this situation? Mm because it always comes down to cognition if i ask a question the person is going to
2: okay
1: uh, almost bound to respond this is a natural thing let me try to explain where this came from sure or how it works mm-hmm. you walk into a store and the employee says how are you today isn't there a natural tendency to react
0: Yes, of course. You're going to answer,
1: I'm well, I'm
2: good.
1: Second situation, you're involved in a conversation with a friend, and all of a sudden a friend asks you a question. Do you continue on a monologue, or do you stop and answer the question?
2: You
0: answer the question. That's
1: the point. The person who asks the question controls the situation. Let me repeat that. The person who asks the question controls the conversation. Hmm. So as a result, what you want to do is think of a question That is going to prompt the person to reflect, Mm -hmm. and the book, of course, is full of many of them. Like, if you couldn't to kid, if you couldn't fail, what would you do?
0: If you couldn't fail, what would you do?
1: What would an extraordinary person do in this situation? Notice they're all empowering. Mm -hmm. They're all, and it's a skill that anybody can learn. Mm -hmm. Asking reflective questions because that immediately stops the emotion because the person Mm -hmm. now has got to reflect cognition. And then you're in a whole new ball. You just diffuse exactly. yourself
0: and, and the person you're talking to. Is there a difference, Dr. Marv, um, with respect to the levels of stress people feel depending on the theme that is showing up in their life? For example, are, is relationship stress more severe or, or augmented than, let's say, financial stress? Or is stress just stress?
1: It varies. The question is, what can you do about it? There's yes. a, ch- a, a chapter in the book, by the way, uh, uh, on finance, and there's a, a chapter on relationships. Mm. I have been married in December going on six zero sixty 60 years. 60
0: years. Now, Dr. Martin, I, I have to give you a high <laughs> five for that. 60 years. We need to talk after this program. Go on.
1: Now, the very first thing I did, I said, when we got married, <clears throat> well, one of, the wow. tr- one of the tricks was we decided never go to sleep angry. You may mm. go to bed angry, but we'll never go to sleep angry. Mm. Okay? That's number one. Number two, uh, to be kind. Now, mm. uh, if you ask my wife if she's ever changed me... I'm sure she'll say no. Have I ever changed Evelyn? No. Mm. Uh, have I influenced her? Yes. Mm. And here's how to do it. Again, it goes back to the idea of being non-coercive. Mm. I'm going to go on a little tangent so people will remember this. Yes,
2: absolutely. In
1: Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where Benjamin Franklin had his printing press, there's a diorama of Benjamin Franklin t- leaning over talking to King George the Third right after the passage of the Stamp Act. And he says... You cannot coerce people into changing their minds. You cannot coerce people into changing their mind. So, how to use non coercion? If you can envision a Venn diagram, that's a circle, mm-hmm. a circle, and then on the inside, Being that's fine. where the problem is. <clears throat> the usual, and I've done this with four year olds, mm-hmm. the usual approach is if you're in a, a confrontational situation, like Alice and and Betty are are having a, let me use your real name. Sure. Marv, myself, and And, my wife. okay, Okay, and Evelyn, yeah. All right, so the usual approach is I will tell my wife what she's doing wrong, and she tells me what I'm doing wrong. It doesn't work. Instead, you take a look at the inner circle in this Venn diagram, and here's the procedure. You notice I keep on emphasizing procedure. The procedure, not the rule, right. the procedure is you can only talk about what you will do. So I'll say, okay, if this bothers you, this is what I will do. And it's almost magic. And this non-coercive approach, it pulls Evelyn and she say, okay, Marv, if you're willing to do this, this is what I will do. You can solve almost any problem in a non-coercive way.
0: Now, are we teaching any of these procedures to our children?
1: Well interesting <laughs> Katerina, that you mentioned that because I have a, a foundation hmm. it's, it's a discipline without stress.org that any school in this country could get my stuff for free. Wow I am trying to now to get sponsors to sponsor this mm-hmm. so that teachers and administrators can learn how to use authority without coercion. Hmm. Lots of managers, lots of principals, lots of teachers rely on coercion because they do not know any other way how to use authority and so give, so
0: give me an example of a coercion versus uh, cooperation if 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 <clears throat> for example, I have a, a child you're the principal right and I have a and I'm a teacher and I have a child coming in who is twelve years old and intent on misbehaving
2: right.
0: what would be a coercive uh, response to that misbehavior and what would be a response that you would prefer
1: to see I'm going to put your name on the board okay <laughs> and you do it again I'm going to put a second name on the board mm. you do it a third time, I'm going to put a, th- a third you do it one more time I'm going to call your parents
2: mm.
1: that's traditional
2: mm.
1: the non-coercive approach is <clears throat> Billy what level did you just act on
2: Hmm. Of my ABCDs. Pro- you got
1: it. I'm prompting him to reflect. Mm. In the vast, I mean, vast majority of cases, what will happen is the kid acknowledges he's acting on a level which is inappropriate, mm. and that's it. This sounds pretty genius because
0: even discussing it with you, when you asked the question of Billy, I felt myself pause and think, geez, I'm associating seeing Billy misbehaving but by you asking him what are you, know, what, what, what are you doing it's making him stop and say yes I've been misbehaving and then from there you're right he has the choice to
1: move on because he's, he's reflected on it
2: right, right? now, right? there's uh,
1: along these same lines lots of teachers use threats mm-hmm. or punishments or rewards to control mm-hmm. let's assume a kid acts out and, and, and continues to act out <clears throat> what I will do is I'll give the kid a choice. So I always give charges, even in, in homework. Uh, I'll, I'll, here's the assignment. You have two charges. If you think this is not going to help you learn the lesson, what do you suggest? Mm-hmm. I'm always empowering kids. So if a kid does something which is inappropriate and it's really something that has to be done about it, I'll simply say, what do you suggest we do about it? I'm going to ask the question and I'm going to be able and I'll have in the back of my mind to ask what else, what else, what else until the kid says something which is appropriate to what he had done. When we agree, what happens then, he has made the decision Mm -hmm. of the procedure or the consequence. Instead of imposing it, I am, here's a key word, eliciting it from him. Mm -hmm. Why is it magical? Simple people don't argue with their own decisions. Right.
0: <laughs> this is very true. That that's it. but that is all uh, a skill. And uh, something that you have managed to cultivate over many, many years. Anybody
1: can do it. Hmm. And if you went to withoutstress.com and looked under parents or teachers, Mm -hmm. you would see the Raise Responsibility System. Okay. That's the title of it because I want to raise Raise responsibility. responsibility, Yes. And so the hierarchy of social development is just part of it. Hmm. The, the, The other part is critical are three universal practices. Which are? Three
0: universal practices for what?
1: For living your life. Oh,
0: here we go. The three universal practices for for living your life.
1: For uh, confronting stress. Okay. For improving relationships. Mm -hmm. Number one, people do better when they feel good. They Mm -hmm. don't do better when they feel bad. Therefore, always talk to people in a positive way. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that includes talking to yourself, being kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. And... It's critical to understand that when you talk to people, you always want to talk to them what you want them to do, not what you don't want them to do, because Mm. this is how the brain operates. Just for a moment, Katerina, think of your last dream. Mm. Did you dream in words and paragraphs, or did you dream in illusions, in pictures? In images, Right? 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 That's how the brain thinks. Okay. So if you say to a kid, don't run... The kid doesn't cognize cognition. He doesn't remember the don't.
0: And he just what picture have you? Right, (laughs) right. So, what would you say to a child if you don't want him to run?
1: Is there a better way not to hurt yourself and still get this activity? Right, right. Right. So, what you want to do again? Positivity. People who talk to themselves in a, in a negative way, and some people really do. They mm-hmm. get their, their happiness and their satisfaction by being miserable, mm-hmm. unfortunately.
0: So number one is positivity.
1: Talk to people, to yourself and other people, in a positive way, what okay. you want them to do, not mm-hmm. what you don't. Number two, remember the choice ends when life ends. You are always making choices. We're making a choice doing this right now. Okay, You make a choice when you get out of bed. Mm. Uh, the... One thing to, to make it easier for you is to develop a procedure. It's because yeah. what happens is, when you get out of bed, you do the same thing every day, mm. OK? So for example, if you're doing something which is having you come out in, in in a bad mood in the morning.
0: Frazzled, right? Right.
1: What procedure, mm. what procedure can you do? Mm. It's the key to reducing your stress.
0: So for example, if I'm a parent and I'm jumping out of bed in the morning because the one child is crying and the other one needs breakfast and I haven't yet brushed my teeth,
1: you a procedure
0: might be take to take set my right oh, go ahead. Yeah. Right. Just take a yep.
1: t- take a deep breath and say they're going to live yeah. they'll, be okay. they'll be okay i want to enjoy parenting right. and i right. realize right. i'm going to i'm going to enjoy this process even though it's going to take a little time because mm-hmm. they're going to live
0: and perhaps a procedure might be to set your alarm clock 15 minutes early right. to give yourself a little bit of that time to get into your day exactly. absolutely so number 1 number 2 positivity right? number
1: yep. 2 is choice you are always two making choice. choices and number 3 number 3 is reflection As we talked about earlier you cannot you can control people but you cannot change them the only way to change them is to have them change themselves and the key behind that is to ask a question Mm -hmm. which will prompt them to think and anybody can learn this and
0: we can do this on ourselves as well absolutely so your top three uh, strategies, I suppose, for getting through life, number one, we said positivity, positivity. number two was choice, right. and number three is reflection
1: right wow i'm always reflecting for 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 example, if I tick my wife off uh-huh the very, and maybe this is the reason why I came back into education, even though I had spent years yes. in business administration, is I love to learn you know to me, learning ends when life ends i'm even today, even coming here this morning, I learned something at any rate. <clears throat> So if I do something that ticks Evelyn off, I have learned to make lemonade out of any lemon, any lemon. <laughs> I will learn something from it. And mm. I'll do I'll say, okay, Marv, what what can you learn from this?
0: From from this encounter.
2: Uh, from this from encounter, this from what I
1: did to tick her mm. off so that I know if she is going to change mm. it's gonna be what I will do differently, much the same way when mm-hmm. kids come into a classroom if there's gonna be any change It's not going to be what the kids do. They're always going to come in the same way. It's what the teacher will do. Mm. And successful teachers realize the teaching business, a profession, is motivation and relationships. Mm. And most of them do not realize that.
0: I think motivation and relationships gets us all through life,
1: whether we're in school or not. And most problems, if people stop and reflect, when they have difficulty, they have stress, And the vast majority of times, it's going to be in a relationship. Hmm. It's relationship-prompted. By the way, you mentioned parenting. Mm -hmm. After I developed my book, Discipline Without Stress. I was going to
0: say, we have Discipline uh, Parenting Without Stress.
1: Right. What happened is, I I figured I should, since so many parents are having difficulty with their kids, they're not having the joy that parenting should have, I put one chapter in it. And then people said, Would you please write a book just for parents? Right,
0: because there's, and it's a small chapter in this book, in the original book about parenting and stress. So you went on to write an entire book
1: on parenting and stress. And read the subtitle
0: How to Raise Responsible Kids While Keeping a Life of Your Own. This is a question I know many of my parent (laughs) friends ask themselves. And so, how do we raise responsible kids while keeping a life of our own? Buy the book, folks.
1: (laughs) Yes, there are lots of good stuff in there, truly. Yeah, so, for example, mm-hmm. I'll give you a very simple one. Yes. Ask a parent, uh, do you ever say no to your kid? And he'll say, you often. I say, okay, here's a suggestion. Say not yet. It has the exact same effect, but doesn't cut the relationship. Hmm. It's amazingly simple. And, and, so,
0: and so the child doesn't feel rejected. Exactly. He just feels heard. And probably forgets about it five minutes later. Right. That's genius.
1: And that's the key point. Kids want to be recognized. What Mm -hmm. so many parents do is they will jump in. They don't let, they don't basically, from the kid's viewpoint, allow the kid to be recognized. It works like this. A teenager is going to do something, and the father, who has lived longer, obviously, says, you know, that's really not a good idea. And then he starts lecturing the kid. Now, the kid is trying to cut the umbilical cord.
0: Wants to the, do his thing. Right.
1: The father's good intentions are good. <clears throat> but from the kid's viewpoint, my dad's trying to control me again. Now, so often what would happen if the, ki- the father just listens? I say to the parent, it's difficult as it is, mm-hmm. zip the lip. Just listen to your kid. Acknowledge what the kid wants. The kid'll come back half hour later to his dad and say, you know, that really wasn't a good idea. Kid didn't do the father didn't do anything. As the kid related orally what he was doing, he realizes it's really not a smart idea. He did it himself.
0: Rather than take on this aggressive, I'm gonna be my own boss stance exactly. and there is no communication happening on either side. That's
1: right. What is your third book there, sir? Well, the first one is the first one I wrote. Oh,
0: the first one is the first one. All right, we're out of order here, folks. So the first one is Discipline Without Stress, Punishment and Rewards.
1: Right. And
0: then you wrote Live Without Stress.
1: Well, what happened is I wrote the discipline book first. And if you take a look at the uh, title of it, it says how teachers how and teachers
0: and parents promote know, responsibility and learning, learning. And so mm-hmm. I put
1: one chapter in that book after I wrote that book then people says please write a book just for parenting that's what that's it right That's a parenting book and then I said I reflected and I felt right. really an obligation to hmm. share with other people what I have learned yes. and so hence live without stress and by the way, the book just came out in January of this year and already has one the prestigious Eric Hoffer Award.
0: That is a very prestigious award. Congratulations to mm-hmm. you for that. Thank you. Absolutely. You know, um, Dr. Marv, you are emitting, for those of you that you know are obviously not here in studio with us, but I can tell you that you are emitting a, a very tranquil energy.
2: Well,
0: thank you. And it's quite nice. Um, you have managed clearly to deal with stress in your own life. You have had a successful career, an even more successful marriage. And so uh, I think a lot of this comes down to taking responsibility for our, our own lives, and our own thoughts and our own choices. And it comes down to what we said at the top of the program: we have the ability to choose. Yep. Yeah.
1: Can I make a short commercial? Yes, absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The book *Live Without Stress* uh-huh. also has its own website. You can either go to Marvin. Apartment. Oh, you can go to withoutstress.com and go to the shop, or you can go to withoutstressbook.com. Anyone who buys, because it comes as an e-book and as a printed book, anyone who buys the printed edition gets two for the price of one. And the reason for that is, and I've, people who have purchased the other books say, I will never give this book away because there's so much in it. So what will happen is you buy, buy one book, one you can keep and the other if you like it, you give it away. You can give it to a friend. Which,
0: well, and, and the beauty of that, Doctor Marv, is the fact that this is meant to be of service and of value to people. Perfect. And that's very gracious of you to uh, to offer that to people. Can you tell them the website one more time for anyone interested?
1: Sure. Without Stress dot com. There are videos. I put in. I put up a video. Uh, Once a week or so, once every other week, called uh, Stress Management Tips. That's free. There's a lot of free stuff on Mm. the website, which is free. But the main website is withoutstress.com. And, uh, of course, I'm a professional speaker, having spoken in uh, 25 countries on five continents. From that, withoutstress.com, you can go to my speaking website, which is MarvinMarshall.com mm-hmm.
0: Yes, and I invite you in to speak on this topic. Last right. thoughts, Dr. Marv, on uh, on stress. Uh, what would you like to leave our audience with today?
1: That you never have to be a victim. Mm. We have a victimhood mentality in this country. And regardless of the situation you cannot change, Like kids cannot change their parents, obviously, regardless of the stimulation that occurs, regardless of an urge, You never have to be a victim because you always have the power to choose your response to whatever the situation is.
0: Easier said than done some days, but very, very wise. Dr. Marv, thank you so much for being with us today. This was uh, very important information. It's such an important discussion. And it's, um, you know, the longevity of our youth and of ourselves is paramount. It's going to be as we uh, continue to age and continue to grow and uh, and see how this country further develops uh, but i thank you so much for your additions to trying to make it a better place for all of us myself included it was a real pleasure today uh, we thank you as well for watching it is always fun here at book circle online again dr marvin marshall live without stress and you can go to his website which was without stress.com uh, i urge you to do that uh, again i'm your host katarina Kazayas. thank you for being with us And uh, for now, we will bid you adieu and see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye now.
1: From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to bookcircleonline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, And this is Book Circle Online. BCO. Join the circle.